Welcome to Bound by Books, where we talk all things books and writing. I am one of your hosts, Sherry Hayes, and I am joined today by a special guest host, <laughs> PJ Fiala. Did I get that right? You did. <laughs> oh, I do. Uh, one of the other, uh, one of our other regular hosts, uh, one of the other girls was asking me what, uh, who is guest hosting with me, and I was going, Okay, I know what her first name is, but I cannot pronounce her last name. So it has been pronounced so many different ways. Uh, even one person at a restaurant, a hostess, she got irritated with us because she had been calling our name for 20 minutes and she stomped over and she said, well, there you are. Isn't your last name Farla? I've been calling you and calling you. It's like, oh my God, there's not even an R anywhere close to that name. <laughs> So you couldn't have possibly have messed it up at all. <laughs> well, that's good. That's always helpful. Yeah. I, yeah. Having your, having your name totally screwed up is, is not, I've had my, mine, I'm pretty, you know, my name is pretty straightforward, but um, I've had lots of different fun spellings for my first name. Oh, sure. Oh yeah. Because you can spell Sherry quite a few different ways. And very few of them spell it correctly. <laughs> <laughs> I've got CHs, Ys, IEs, but very few are actually just with an I. Just yeah. doesn't do that. Well, today um, we're going to tell talk a little bit about um, writing myths. So Patty and I thought oh, we'd um, we'd uh, talk a little bit about that and see what we uh, we come up with here. Um, we came up with, I think, eight of them uh, that we're going to discuss. And the first one I thought we'd talk about is you have to write every single solitary day. Do you write every solitary day? I do not. I didn't write today at all, unless you count putting my newsletter together uh, and emails that I had to catch up on. Otherwise, I didn't even look at my story. Um, I think I today uh, today was I usually do try to write every day, but that's just because it's with my crazy schedule. It's easier for me to do smaller chunks to fit mm -hmm, those into sure. my day. But I do know authors who uh, don't. They tend to prefer writing in really big chunks. Mm -hmm. Are you a big chunk writer or are you kind of like. You know, I wasn't a big chunk writer. I used to sit down uh, and I try to do a word count. I, I've been writing full time for about a year and a half now, close to a year and a half. And one of the things I promised my husband when I went full time that I would take Saturdays and Sundays off because he said, otherwise, all I ever see is the back of your head. You're always on the computer and you're doing things or you're on your phone and you're doing things, which he understands why, but I had a problem with, if I didn't have anything to do, I knew I had so many book things to do that I would sit down and do them. Mm -hmm. And he said, then when I never feel like, he said, if, even if I'm sitting in the same room with you, I look over to say something and, and there you are typing away. And so I'm afraid to interrupt you and I don't know what I should do. So he said, can we, can we have a time and a day or two where I, I know that I'll make plans to do something this day. So yeah. because of that, I'd set 
word counts that I tried to, to stick with, which were like 2,000, 2,500 words a day, mm -hmm. and then no Saturdays and no Sundays. But just recently we were on vacation and what I had told myself was, even though we were gonna be gone for almost three weeks, if I wrote at least a thousand words a day, I would hit my deadline for my editor. Mm -hmm. And the first week came and went and the second week came and went <laughs> and most of the third week came and went and Patty didn't write anything. <laughs> so when we got home, I had eight okay. days to get my book out to my editor so I sat down and I wrote like my hair was on fire and I, I wrote bet you did. every day and I met my deadline. But what I found out is I like that better. Really? Because I stayed fresher in the story. Mm. It was like, oh, okay. So I might, I may change my, my, my approach. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We, uh, one of our, one of our, uh, other, our regular hosts, Tina Moss, she is a, like she has to have a hard deadline. Like she just, she just, it doesn't work for her to write a little bit every day. She would much rather spend like three weeks locked in her room essentially and just write, 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 write for like five, six hours a day. That would drive me nuts. <laughs> but again, every writer is different because it's such a creative process. I think personally, because of mine, we're going to kind of talk about one of the other myths that uh, will go along with this, but because I am a pantser, I rely, a, it takes a lot of mental energy for me to write because I'm literally coming up with a story on the fly. Sure. And so when I do that, because I do that, a thousand words, 1500 words is a lot for me to get mm -hmm. in a day because I really am thinking that story, every little detail through. So, sure. so yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it is fun. Do you know a lot of people who do that, who, who write every day or, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know. Everybody, like you said, everybody has That's their different. process. And I don't know that I've ever had the discussion really with, mm. I've got a group that I plot with. We, we don't talk about, you know, like, do you have to write every single day? We, we all kind of have our process and I never want to make anyone feel guilty about their process because it wouldn't work for me. Doesn't mean it doesn't work for them. So exactly. You know, do yeah. your thing, but that's why it's such a myth when people say you absolutely have to write every day or you're not going to be successful. That just puts a lot of pressure on people that can't write every day. Yeah. So. What if you have, what if you have little kids? I mean, or you, maybe you have, you know, you're a single parent, you share custody. You may only be able to write on the days of the week that you don't have your kids yeah. and that's okay. It, that's it right. works. You just have to kind of adjust your expectations and your deadlines and all of that to what you're able to commit to it. Yes. So, and I think new writers get caught up in the, oh my God, you know, so-and-so told me if I don't do mm -hmm. this, I'm not going to be successful. And, and until you, you've been in the business for a little while and you kind of hit a stride that yeah. you're comfortable with, um, then you realize what you're what works for you, you don't mm -hmm. get so caught up in it. If somebody told me today, you absolutely have to write every day, I would say, well, um, I don't. <laughs> I'd probably laugh. I mean, I'd, I'd probably be like, really? 
<laughs> okay. Yeah. You know, I mean, I do yeah. try to write every day, but that doesn't always happen. And I'm not, I don't like, unless I go like weeks without writing, I don't beat myself up over it because yeah. we're still human. We still yeah. have lives. And again, you kind of, I, I have, I know myself, so I adjust my expectations and my deadlines to what I know I can realistically get done. Because if it's not, if you're putting so much pressure on yourself, why? Yeah, I mean, exactly. it, it, it doesn't, first of all, it kills your creativity. Yes, it does. So you're, you're literally kind of like shooting yourself in the foot. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You know, it, it doesn't make any sense. So yeah, no. definitely don't have to write every day. Big, 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 big myth. Number that brings us to number two, which is kind of in the same vein, you have to have a blog. Hmm. Now, when I, I heard this a lot when I first started writing, now that was back in 2010 when I first published, but back then it was very much a, you had to have a blog. If you were going to be the author, a blog was, was almost more important than a website. Yeah. back then now yeah. definitely I, I you know I hear website you need it but I do still quite hear quite a few people saying you really need a blog you really mm. really have you know need to have a blog you need to have that in I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing but do you have to have one mm. doesn't that sound like a lot of pressure to tell someone they have to have that I mean you're kind of going back to the newbie author again, thinking, oh my God, I got to do all the things. I've got to do that. I got to do this. I got to do this. I got to do this. I got to write every day. I've got to... And, and it's just, it takes mm -hmm. that creativity and it throws it out the window. Oh yeah. I started blogging in the beginning because I thought for me, for one, it's a good writing exercise. If you it is. like it, I joined a blog hop group where we would blog once a week and we had topics. And we had them posted for the month. And so you knew what the topics were going to be for the next week. And I thought that was a really good way to test whether or not I could write a good story about whatever that topic was. Not something I picked, but something mm -hmm. a group picked. And I thought, well, gosh, what a great way to exercise your writing chops a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I did that for a number of years. And then I, I just got busy. And now I blog about once a week, but it's normally just about one of my books. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it, I don't think a blog and I don't think a blog is a bad idea. It does increase your web presence, you know, yes. and, you know, feeds those little Google algorithms and stuff like that. But is it a requirement? Like, do you have to do it? Not really. I mean, there, there are so many, now I do think that you do, there are some things you do need to do. I really, I actually think you need a website before you need a blog. Absolutely. It, it's, it's kind of like, I look at it this way. Writing is a business. If you are, mm -hmm. if you are doing this and want to make money off of it, which 
I'm not sure there's too a whole lot of people out there that publish their books that don't want to make some money off of it. Yeah, that's, that's kind of okay. that's kind of one of the goals. <laughs> um, but if you want to do that, then you are you do need to treat it like a business, and that means I mean if you went to if you had any other business, if you you know if the, even if it was a mom and pa shop you know down the street if you went to go find a website for them and you couldn't find one you would start to question you'd be like that that seems weird yes but for but it and it it does i i i get kind of when i do when i do do my blogging and i write about like other authors books or if i review them or what have you i go and look at their website and yeah. it is kind of irritating when <laughs> i can't find one um so yeah it it really I always kind of tell newbie authors this uh let's just say you're invited to your spouse's or your sister or your brother's um work party nobody knows you Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. so um the first thing they do is they tell you their name and then they'll say and what do you do Mm -hmm. and when you say I am a romance author or I'm a sci-fi author whatever the first thing that they're going to do is pull out their phone and say, oh, do you have a website? Exactly. Well, I want people to look up my website right on their phone right then, because then I'm there, right? I'm saved in their cash. Right. Um, it's easier for them to find me. You know, the, the night's going to go on. They may walk out and not remember me, but they can pull up that phone and see who I am. And maybe they'll buy a book later on. Maybe they'll look through my blog. They might look at my calendar of events or what's going on. Mm-hmm. But it's it's like your it's like your presence. Um, yeah, it's your web. I don't I mean, have it a brick and mortar store. Presence. Yeah, it's yes. your internet presence, and yeah. it it is important. So I would say that that is that is uh, something. But that's pretty consistent. I don't. I I have never. I haven't really heard a whole lot of people telling author newbie authors that they shouldn't have a website. Right. No, so. I most most are pretty consistent on that so that's good yeah when we did when i first for a while there i was actually you know you were talking about doing the being a part of a group to do the blog and i was a part i i've actually toyed with um with doing a version of this again because i really enjoyed it um but we would the group would basically have this picture and we would all have to write 100 100-word 100 story about this picture and had to be exactly 100 words. So it was kind oh. of, you know, a challenge. Yeah, it was interesting, but it was fun. I had like loads of fun with it. Um, but yeah, I, it just, things got busy. So I kind of like you and, you know, it just happened. So, but yeah, there's lots of fun, creative ways that you can do it if you want to blog. Yes. But it is not a necessity. It's not. And I'll just say this. It can be a detriment if you decide you want to blog and then you're either one, not good at it, which means, you know, you're not good at writing on the fly or that you can't come up with decent subject matter that maybe relates to you, your life, your books or something of interest. And it's a detriment then also if you don't update it regularly and then somebody wants to go look you up and sees that you haven't blogged in two years. Mm hmm. So if you're going to do it, do it. If not, get it off the internet <laughs> because it looks like you're um, sloppy. Yeah. Yeah. Consistency is definitely the key. Even if it's only once a month, 
If you're just doing what's with, it's much better to do a once a month blog than blog post than it is to just do it willy nilly. Oh, I'll just post whenever because the internet does reward consistency. Doesn't matter what it is, it really does. (laughs) The computers like consistency. (laughs) Um, All right, so let's go on to number three, and this is this is a a personal pet peeve. You have to outline your story before you start writing. And again, as I said earlier, I am a pantser. I am a 100% total pantser. I have the story I'm writing right now. I have no clue. I'm about 30,000 words into it. I have no idea what's going to happen two chapters from now, let alone what's going to happen at the end. I never do. I, but that's just my process. But yes. I have had so many, so many other writers, specifically some author tubers on YouTube who have said that basically you're not a writer if you don't outline. Hmm. And that is such a myth that is such a myth yeah you do not have to outline <laughs> I think that goes back to the first thing we were talking mm-hmm. about is if your brain doesn't work that way your brain doesn't work that way I started out as a pantser but for me what I found out is that I extensively plot I'll plot a whole series and then the books within the series so that I have my character arc and my story arc and then that that's going to allow me, though, to sit down and write in those big chunks and walk away. I don't have to think of the plot as I'm writing like you do. Mm-hmm. I know where I'm going with mm-hmm. the story. But that's the way my brain works. Right. It doesn't mean that other people can do a good job or can't do a good job if they mm-hmm. don't plot. So I, I don't think you absolutely have to. I only think you have to if your brain works that way. Yeah, you really, I will say one of the most challenging parts of being a writer um, and doing it professionally, actually publishing and, and everything, not just for fun, is learning your process and embracing it. It doesn't yes. matter what it is. If mm-hmm. it, If you are, I mean, I have met writers who are, they are hardcore outliners. And I mean, hardcore, like I I had, I was at a book festival once, um, and a, a, um, yeah, best way to say the book festival is a local book festival, all different genres, but I was sitting beside someone who was also a, also wrote a romance and she, she's like telling me, we're like sitting there during the, at, at our tables throughout the day. And she's telling me her process And she's telling me that she has, she had all these post-it notes and like all laid out. And she pretty much had like sentences wrote out, like complete sentences that she basically just kind of plugged and played in the book, like before she ever actually wrote the book, like wrote the book. And I'm like, that would just, I, I would drive me mentally crazy. I could not do that. But I'm also the type of person I use. I actually went head to head with my English teacher in high school because, you know, in school, they make you outline before you write a paper. And I used to tell, and I told her after, you know, this was like 
probably 10th or 11th grade. And I was like, look, I can do this outline, but it's not going to do any good because I don't use it. When I go to write the paper, I don't use it. And so she kind of went back and forth with me for a while. And she's like, fine, okay, go write your paper and do it your way. <laughs> and, do it your way. and, you know, and then write the outline afterwards if you want to, but I have to have an outline to grade. I'm like, okay, I can do that. I can write the paper and then the outline, I'm, I'm, you know, I can do that. And I did it and it was perfectly fine. It came out exactly how all my other ones did, but I didn't, you know, but I did it the reverse. It's just, my brain does not function that way. And I have, I have met writers who cross the gamut. I'm an extreme. The other writer I mentioned was an extreme, but there are so many people that are in the middle that, I mean, I know people who just do rough outlines who, you know, Mm -hmm. they just basically do like highlights, you know, like they know it's going to start here and the climax is going to be this and the resolution is going to be this. And then everything else in the middle, they fill in as they go. So it, it really is, but it does bother me from, uh, obviously from a Panzer perspective that there are people, there are other authors out there telling newbies that it is wrong and you're not really a writer. Yeah. That's you don't do it their way. <laughs> if everybody was exactly the same, it'd be a really boring world. So to tell anybody that they have to do it exactly the way you do it is only really just validating your own self. It's, it's not, it's not helping someone else out. And that's really a shame. No, and it's a creative, I mean, again, this is a creative profession. Yes. And again, I don't know any creative, I don't care what you're talking, writing, you're talking, painting, who you're talking about, what you're talking about. Every creative person's process is different. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's absolutely, yeah. <laughs> don't I, listen, <laughs> don't let somebody tell you your process is wrong. Yes. Um, okay. Number four, you have to do Facebook ads. If you want to be successful, you have to do Facebook ads. I, this, I've heard this a lot. I don't know about you. Have you heard this? I've heard it a lot. Uh, I'll just tell you for myself, my books didn't start selling well until I started doing Facebook ads. Mm-hmm. I've tried Amazon ads. Uh, I just don't have the knack with them. I have gotten frustrated with Facebook ads and shut them off and I can tell a difference in sales. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have to? No. I know some authors personally who've lost their ability on Facebook to run ads. Uh, you know, Facebook is always playing these little fun games with us and deleting accounts and, and doing this or doing that. Mm-hmm. And they've managed to find other ways mm-hmm. to be very successful. So I would say the danger in telling someone that is that they tend to one, get frustrated when they don't do a good job with Facebook ads mm-hmm. and they throw a lot of money away. And two, you only set that as your only focus and you don't look at the other ways to advertise that are available to you. Right. I would say you have to run ads, Facebook ads, if you're good at them. Yeah. If you're not, do something else. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there are so many different ways of promoting your book. 
And Facebook is one of them. And it can be very lucrative if you know what you're doing. Like you said, you can't just throw up any old ad or any old copy and expect that you're going to start raking in the money. It doesn't work that way. There's reasons why there are so many classes that you can take on how to run Facebook ads because they are somewhat complicated as far as knowing, you know, what you should do, what you shouldn't do, what works, what doesn't work. But that can be the said the same for Amazon ads and BookBub ads. You know, you, you've, you've kind of got to do your research, but do you have to have those things? No, I would say if there was one thing I had to say that you really needed to have, well, two things, one website, two, an email list, a newsletter. Yes. That is, to me, that is way more important than Facebook ads because Facebook, as you said, they can shut you down tomorrow. They could literally- For, for no reason. <laughs> yeah, for no reason. With they could say- No explanation, oh. no way to appeal, nothing. You just wake up in the morning and it's like you've been wiped off the face of the earth. And then right. now what? Right. And you may not get it back. Or if you do, it may be weeks, months later uh, when you actually yeah. get it back. And if that is what you're banking you know, 99% of your revenue on because you have no other foundation- that's going to be a big blow. You bet. To your career. You so no, you do not have to do Facebook ads, but I, I'm a helpful. big proponent of, I, um, I don't think anybody should put all their eggs in one basket. Mm-mm. Nobody should think that Facebook, only Facebook is going to sell your book or only Amazon is going to sell your book or only this is going to sell your book because there are readers everywhere. And let's face it, not every reader is on Facebook. Your ads on Facebook are only serving to people on Facebook. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Facebook is losing a lot of uh, business recently. So where are you going to reach those people then? You better have right. a plan B or C, right? Right. So, right. You got you to gotta kind of diversify. That would, yep. that's, that's a much better option than to just stick everything and just bank on those, those Facebook ads or bank on those Amazon ads. So definitely. I agree. All right. Number five, which is kind of along the same lines, but a little tweaking there. You will only be successful if you get a BookBub featured deal. Now, for those who do not know what a BookBub featured deal is, (laughs) hopefully you know what BookBub is. If you don't, put it in the search engine and go find it because it is something if you're an author you do need to know about if you're a reader you should know about it too because it's kind of a cool site mm-hmm. but a book book featured deal it, it does it can change the course of your career it can um however a they're very hard to get and b they're very pricey yes <laughs> Yes. So, um, but again, you can be, there's plenty of successful authors out there who don't, you have either never had a book bug featured deal or rarely get book bug featured deals, especially yes. in the indie world. Yes. 
traditional, it's way more often that traditional published books get featured in BookBub than indies. Indies really have to fight for yes. those spots. Yes. So. I've, uh, I've been in the writing industry for uh, close to nine years now. Mm-hmm. I've published 30 books. Mm-hmm. I just got my first BookBub feature deal in December. It was international only. Oh, wow. And I got my next BookBub feature deal, uh, the the real deal, a romantic suspense BookBub feature deal for the whole world. And that was in January. Wow. That's in nine years, two times I've gotten a feature deal. Yeah, I think I've been publishing since 2010. So I've been at it 11 years and I think I've had three. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's, it's not, it's not, if you're, again, if you're banking on that, that you have to get a, you know, book club feature deal and without it, you're not going to be successful. You're going to be probably living with some disappointment for a while. <laughs> yeah. I am. Um, I don't like putting that out there to the universe. I kind of believe that you, you know, you kind of bring things to you. And when you say I'm never going to be successful unless I do this and you can't, you have no control over this, Yeah, which we have no control. Oh, we don't have any control over whether we're selected. You can beg, you can plead. I've had phone calls with BookBub reps. It's just, it is just luck. (laughs) It's luck. You submit at the right time and they're looking for that type of book. And oh my gosh, the stars align and everything is perfect, then you get a deal. It's almost, it almost reminds me of the traditional publishers when you submit, when you query agents and then they submit to them because you could have this absolutely wonderful story. And, but yet if it's not what they're looking for at that time, they'll reject you. And And it has nothing, it doesn't necessarily have anything to do with how good your story is or anything. It just may be like, you wrote a story about vampires and they're looking for wizards. Yes, yes. And you can, I I have a personal friend that got a three book deal from one of the big publishers Mm -hmm. and she had book one and two written. She put in her um, synopsis for book three, part of a series, so three books. They sent it back to her and said, yeah, yeah, we're not really interested in that anymore, so we want you to change it to this. And she said, but it's part of the series that has nothing, and it was a totally different, like, Mm -hmm. genre. Oh, wow. And she said, that's part of my series. And they said, no, we have a three-book deal. We are now looking for books about this. So your third book, which you are contractually obligated to write for us, will be about this. So she had to completely switch gears and write what they wanted. She had no control over it. Yeah. So, you know, you don't even know when you get your contract with them that you're going to be writing what you think you'll be writing. Yeah, I was to say about the only way that you can kind of guarantee that or somewhat guarantee that is if you have the entire series written before you even approach them, because then yeah. you can approach it having the entire bundle and they are buying the entire bundle. Yes. But if you're waiting, 
like after the fact to write it because yeah I mean you could write say you're writing you know historical romances like regency romances and then they go and they're going like well regencies aren't really selling right anymore We're, we want you to write a highlander romance yeah it's like okay well i've never written a highlander romance before i know nothing about highlander romances but again you're contracted you you have to you have to write that so yeah something something to kind of think about there's a lot of little publishing tidbits maybe we'll have to explore that in a in another, <laughs> another episode i think so i think um, so all right uh on to number six there is no such thing as writer's block. Hmm. Well, <laughs> I've had writer's block. Um, and, a, and a lot of times, I mean, you know, we're human. Mm -hmm. um, shit happens. Suddenly yeah. life explodes. Uh, mm -hmm. Whatever. Uh, last summer we sold our house and moved. I couldn't sit down to think of anything to write even though I am uh, an avid plotter, I had my book all plotted. You think I could sit down and think of any, no, I had packing to do and I had mm -hmm. movers to schedule and where the bank is calling and insurance and yeah, you can get yeah. writer's block. <laughs> yeah, I, I know quite a few authors who had writer's block at the beginning of 2020 when, you know, when the pandemic started everybody was so focused on that and everybody was so, you know, there was so much fear and uncertainty and nobody knew what to think, what to do um, and what was going to happen. And so it's so hard to sit there and be like, okay, well, I'm just going to block all that out and I'm going to write, I'm going to dive into my world that I'm creating and this, and, and, Maybe if you're writing a dystopian novel or <laughs> something like that, but when you're when you're writing romance, it's like, hmm, I'm gonna write about this really sweet and sexy, you know, scene where, and then I'm like, not sure, you know, and, you know what's going to happen out there if I'm gonna get sick and you know, and something's going to happen to me or my family members. It's very, very hard to just turn that off. It's like, it's almost like, it's like, we're not robots. We're not robots. Exactly. We, we and again, it is, it goes back to that creative process. Yes. Yes. It's, it is a creative, you have to be thinking and creating. And if your mind can't kind of open up and let that imagination take hold, then yeah, it's, it's writer's book. And whether you call it that or not, I guess maybe some people who, the people who say that there's no such thing as writer's block, maybe they're thinking it's something else, you know, maybe yeah, they're maybe. calling it something else. But again, I have heard quite a few people tell newbie authors, there's no such thing as writer's block. And yeah, there is. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely I is. I believe there is. I've had it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now I will say that there's sometimes uh, when, when I have writer's block, I can, you know, I can go for a walk, um, you know, and kind of, you know, talk. I start, you know, I, I'm one of those crazy people that actually talk to my, talk to myself and talk things out. I do better and talk, think out loud. Okay. So, you know, I'll just go for a walk and start, you know, 
start talking my my plot out and my characters and you know backstories and things like that and a lot of times that will help me get over the writer's block sure but not always because I know I had quite a few months in there last in 2020 where I just had a really hard time focusing yeah did you inundated also with um television and social media and when it gets to be a lot of doom and gloom Mm -hmm. it's really hard to write kissing books Mm -hmm. when it feels like the world is falling apart right so um yeah I maybe it's not writer's block maybe it's just stress it blocks your writing I yeah, exactly. It's like maybe you're calling it something else, but if it blocks your ability to create and write, then yes. it's kind of by definition writer's walk. Yes. And you know, this last week when I was writing like my hair was on fire to meet my deadline, there were days when I would write a couple chapters and think, ugh, I just, ugh, I just got to get up and do something else. But I was not going to let myself not meet this deadline. Mm. I promised my editor I would have it. She's counting on my business and my book for that time. She's accepting other manuscripts for different times, not maybe for that. So for me, it was like, I am not going to fail this. But if I got up, got a drink of water, cup of tea, or did something else for a little while, and then sat back down, it would be like, okay. Yeah. No, just broke it up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you got to just do that. Yeah. Remove yourself from the situation for a while. Exactly. Exactly. But I do think that's a little different than writer's block. I mean, you know, writer's block to me is like, you're literally, you're sitting at your computer and your mind is blank. Like there, nothing is coming to you. You're just, it's not like, it's like, because I have those times when it's like, I'm pulling the words out. Like I'm just in a scene that's just not flowing very well and I'm really having to reach for those words yes but even that I don't really consider writer's block I'm when I'm writing when I when I think writer's block I'm thinking I'm staring at the screen and I'm just nothing there is nothing coming to me at all I'm completely just no <laughs> yeah yeah not happening so yeah I agree. All, right. all right uh number seven it's another one I've heard quite a few times if your characters talk to you then you're crazy Mm. I've even had I've even had somebody heard somebody say that uh if you hear your characters talk to you then you are schizophrenic which I thought was a little much but um but yeah I'm like I don't know I mean you it's kind of almost like a running joke in in the writing circles and author circles where it's like, oh, my characters just weren't talking to me today. Yep. Yep. And I suppose <laughs> if you haven't experienced it, um, it sounds it sounds weird or yeah, like, oh, you're frou-frou-y. Okay. Um, but it's it, it, it it's not exactly what it sounds like either. Mm, I don't exactly not for me. I, my, it's not like my character. I imagine my character walking over and saying, Hey, Hey, you know what I should do next, but it's just, uh, what happens when you're doing something else and you can't stop thinking about your story mm-hmm. and your characters are doing this and you're doing that. You think, well, that's a really good idea. I, huh. I wonder how I came up with that. 
And it, it's so it's it's not necessarily yeah. and maybe somebody does actually have a conversation with mm -hmm. their characters. For me, I can be sleeping and wake up thinking, oh, that's good. Mm -hmm. That's what I would call my characters talking to me. It's just right. ideas popping into my head. Right. Exactly. And that's and that's what I, I, I think, think about I'm it. Crazy, but <laughs> Well, and the thing is, is I guess it just kind of depends on your perspective because yeah, for somebody who doesn't, who isn't a creative, who isn't an author, who doesn't write, um, it may seem very strange and, you know, to, to have somebody be like, oh yeah, I got this idea for the scene and this is going to happen. And then I'm, they're going to do this and this person's going to say this and it's going to trigger this, this, and this, but writers typically understand that and to me yes. like I said like you said that's that's how I interpret when somebody says you know their characters are or aren't talking to them is yes. it's are the ideas flowing are you yes. getting that that character movement you know that your character is going to do this and then they're going to do this and then they're going to go here and say this um not necessarily that you're sitting there going so how are you doing today oh well <laughs> really I mean, it's not quite like yes. that. It's not quite like that. Not quite like that. Not quite like that. But I promise if you, if you're, if you're just getting a bunch of ideas, you're not schizophrenic. Nope. If you're just to get your ideas for your story, I, I really think you're, you're okay. I mean, yes. I, I think so. Most of us are most, that's yes. how most of our brains work. Yes, that's, that's absolutely right. <laughs> All right. And then the last one we're going to talk about um, kind of brings us a little bit back to the publishing side of things. Uh, it's number eight is if you write a good story, readers will find you. You don't need to market your book. Hmm. This is one I hear. Um, I hear more from kind of the not the seasoned authors, not the ones that have been in it for a really long time. I tend to hear these in more of the peripherals and for people who really aren't in the book industry, but they yeah. seemed or very newbie authors. They think if they write a really good book and they put it out there, they will come kind of like the, the Kevin Costner movie. Like if, if I build it, they will come. And yes. that's just not how it works. You no, have to it's market not how it works. Book. You know, a few years ago, I had looked up the statistics, and I think at the time there were 8 million authors on Amazon. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm sure that number has grown exponentially since then. And so, and just consider that many of those authors are writing multiple books mm -hmm. a year. Um, and if you're not letting someone know in some way, which is marketing mm -hmm. your book, how would they wade through that ocean of books and authors out there? It used to be a little bit more like that back in the day before indie publishing, when all we had were the big five, six publishers telling us what we, we could read now and waiting at the grocery store for the new books to come out and hoping, you know, hoping, hoping there was a new one today. It's not like that now. You, you look at the new book releases just amongst your own friends every Tuesday and Thursday. Mm -hmm. The list is 
ridiculous. Yeah. And you have to, you have to market in some way. You can't just sit there and hope someone's going to find you because it's just not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it, there's, there's so, there's so many times I hear from more from newbie authors. They'll be like, well, I wrote this book and you know, nobody's buying it. I'm like, okay, well, you know, first let's look at, let's look at your, let's look at your marketing. Let's look at your cover. Let's look, you know, your editing, you know, is everything, you know, what's your blurb look like? That's all marketing. Mm -hmm. But what do all those things look like? And then after you know those are good, what else are you doing? Yes. You know, are you are you running Facebook ads? Are you talking to bloggers? Are do you are you building a newsletter list? There's so many things that you know you can do, some paid and some not, but literally just uploading your book to retailers. Doesn't happen. And you know, you there's I talk I hear talk all the time about, oh, the algorithms aren't with me today. Well, you know, if you have a new book out there and you've done nothing for it, first mm -hmm. of all, to expect that Amazon is going to show your book when you're doing nothing to help them sell your book, forget it. They aren't they're in it to, to make money, yes, but they're going to work with the authors who are helping to work with them, right? Mm -hmm. So running ads or marketing or whatever, when they see a book starting to get some buzz, they'll bump it up in the algorithms a little bit, but they have to see some effort first. Mm -hmm. If they're not seeing effort, they're not going to do jack for you. <laughs> yeah. just a fact. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, they, they're, they're looking and it's not just them. I mean, Apple, Nook, Kobo, all of them, you know, they yes. are a business. Them, each one is yes. a business in and of themselves. And they're going to push the books that are most likely going to make them more revenue. Yes. So you have to make the effort. You have to, you know, post on social media. You have to let your newsletter subscribers know. You have to, especially if you don't have a, a solid following yet, if you're new and you don't have a, an established readership, you've got to go out there and really sell yourself, sell, yes. sell your book. sell get, get yourself out there, be posting. And I know in one of our previous, uh, I believe in last, in last week's, um, episode, Tina and Danielle were talking about, you know, picking, you know, you don't have to be on every single social media platform, but you do have to pick one, pick one. You want to be on If Facebook. Is it great? If TikTok is it great, but you got to pick one and really invest the time and energy and establishing yourself on that platform. You can't just kind of with like with blogging, you can't just go and post once and then don't go there again for two months and then come back and post a little something else and then disappear again for another six months and come back again, you know, when you have a new book release. So, um, cause you, you don't, you know, readers move, they do move on if they've never heard from, if you haven't heard from you in so long. Yes. Yes, they will. Because they've got a plethora of books every week, brand new books coming out at them. And it's not even that it's necessarily intentional. It's mm -hmm. just, 
there's everybody else going, you know, new release, new release, new release, new release. They're looking at those. It's like, oh, the pretty shiny. <laughs> oh, mm-hmm. here's these. It doesn't take long to forget about someone if they haven't heard from you for a while. And that, you know, people I've I've had authors tell me that they hate being on Facebook, then find somewhere else mm-hmm. that you want to be on. Find your find your people, find your tribe. Right. Maybe it's not Facebook. That's okay. There's yeah. people everywhere. Um, or, well, I've only got, you know, a hundred people on my newsletter list, so it doesn't really pay to let them know. Really? How is that hundred going to turn into 200 or 300 if you're not letting people know you have books available? Yeah. So I, you know, I just, gone are the days where I can write a book and just sit down and let my publisher market it for me because there's no such thing anymore. Mm-mm. And even if you, even if you do have a publisher, big one of the big guys or a small press, they do expect you as the author to do some level of marketing, unless you are like a big name, you know, like Stephen King or Stephanie Meyer or something like that. They do expect you to do, and they even expect them to, that's the thing. They, it may not be the same thing. They may actually foot the bill, whereas, you know, they won't with a smaller unknown author, but they still expect them. They still expect them to go out and do press junkets and book signings and stuff. That's, that's, you know, them putting themselves out there. And it's kind of the same basic principle, yes. social media and the newsletters and all that. It's the same basic principle, two sides of the same coin. So, yeah. yeah. Yes. And then the other thing is you have to have, I guess, as long as we're talking about publishing, your cover has to be genre correct. Mm-hmm. And I've had a couple authors show me their book covers because they just loved them, but they didn't explain it by looking at the one wasn't, I'll just, I'll just give you, it was a white sofa with a white blanket over it and a typewriter sitting in the middle of the sofa. And I said, what, what genre is your book? And she said, that's a romance. I said, that doesn't tell me romance at all. It doesn't tell me anything about what genre your book is. And if you're looking at scrolling through Amazon or, or Apple or Barnes and Noble, and you're, all you're looking at is a thumbnail of a book, looking for your next read and you see that, that is not gonna tell you anything. And she said, well, but my blurb will be a little bit better. I said, well, your, your cover has to be spot on and then your blurb has to be spot on. Mm-hmm. But people look at your cover first. Yeah, exactly. Then they look at your blurb. And then they might look at the look inside. You know, you've got to have those components put in place. You can't just put it out there and say, well, you know, I really liked this cover. That's great. But if it doesn't matter, it's not going to do you any good. Yeah, it can be a pretty cover, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it fits the genre. And, um, you know, it's going to actually attract the right readers. And that's the thing. It's like, you have to be, you can't just attract readers. You have to attract the right readers because you want the ones that are going to like the type of book that you wrote. Yes. And that will ideally leave a positive review and follow you on to future books. And tell a friend or a few. Exactly. Exactly. But yeah, I, I, I would say covers and blurbs are probably two of the biggest stumbling blocks that I see uh, newbie authors do 
because it does take a while. And I, and we've all been there. It's not like it's a new thing. I've I mean, done we've, it. we've all been there because I've said this before. My first behind closed doors is my book behind closed doors is a sexy contemporary romance. And my very first cover, it was the picture of a front door, like an actual, like, front door of a house that was the whole cover and it just said behind closed doors on it in scrolly letters and my name that was it it didn't say anything else and looking back at that I'm like boy that was a horrible cover and <laughs> there so <laughs> bad so yeah. but you know you live and you learn you 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 get your feet wet and you pay attention and <clears throat> it's all about learning in this that and that's yeah. that's the thing just learn just be open to learning Yep. Well, I think we've pretty much covered a, this topic fairly well. <laughs> um, Patty, why don't you uh, tell readers where they can find you? I have a website. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> so you can uh, head to my website, which is my, I always tell everybody that's my home away from home. And it's pjfiala.com. It's really only seven letters, but it looks, it sounds, it sounds big and complicated. And you'll find everything there, all my books, my blog. Uh, I have a, a reader event going on in April, Get Your Motors Running. So there's information about that on there. Uh, my next release coming up, recipes I cook. Uh, so yeah, find me there. All right. Well, thank you so much for co-hosting with me today. I had fun. Hope you enjoyed it. And, I did. Thank you. and uh, we will be back with, uh, I believe next week, I am going to be hosting with Tina Moss. So hopefully you will tune in next week, uh, Monday noon Eastern time for the next episode of Bound by Books. Bye. <laughs>